You're listening to the Legend Vest Podcast for Entrepreneurs. Whether you're just getting started or been in business for many years, we take a deep dive into what it takes to truly become successful. It's time to level up your business and your personal life. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jameson and Courtney Gap. Welcome, everybody, to the Legend Vest Podcast. This is Courtney Gavin, your host, and alongside me is... JG, a.k.a. Jameson Gavin. Guys and gals, I am super, super excited because today is our first Q&A session. So here at the Legend Vest Podcast, every week, we're going to have at least one Q&A session. We're going to answer your questions. This is coming from the people. You can send us a DM. You could drop it in the comments. Reach out to us and say, hey, I got a question that I've always wanted to ask. Whether it's about your business, it could be career related, please submit it to us and we'd be happy to give back and give you some feedback. So we got a couple questions that were submitted to us. So want to go ahead and get started? Yep, let's do it. All right, awesome. So I'll go ahead and leave the first question here. This one is from Paul, and he's in New Jersey. I work 50 hours a week, and I don't have time to work on my business. How do I start if I don't have the time to grow it, work on it, and get started? So that's a great question. Um, well, here's my thing, and I guess I'll, I'll go ahead and answer this first. If it's something that you really want to do, and if it's a burning desire, it doesn't matter if you're working 100 hours a week or 50 hours a week, you're going to find the time to make it happen. So the question is, it's not what you're doing when you're at work. It's what you're doing after work. It's what you're doing before work. It's what you're doing before you go to sleep. So we are all given the same amount of hours in a day, and whether you're Warren Buffett or whether you are R. Kelly, <laughs> you know, we all have the same amount of time in the day. So the question is, you have to ask yourself, you know, what am I willing to give up? What am I willing to sacrifice in my free time? Did you choose R. Kelly? Yeah, I had to think of something random, and I was like the first I don't think thing. he's the right person to talk about free you time. Know, right I don't, you know, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm not listening to his music or nothing right now, but, you know, I just had to think of something quick. So, but anyway, I digress. Um... Yeah, you have to look, guys, we all have the time, whether that's you have to get a different kind of job to work different hours so that you can work on your business on a different time. I mean, you don't have to work that job. We're just doing it because we feel like we have to. But at the end of the day, if it's something that you really want to do, you'll make it happen. You know, you'll not go to the bar and, you know, shoot pool. Because you have this business that you want to run. I mean, what do you think, Jameson? So I think it's a whole bunch of BS. Uh, who, who, who's, who, who's Paul? This? Yeah. So okay. So Paul, uh, wherever you're at, uh, you you need to DM uh, me. You, you need to hit me on my DM because this is a bunch of crap. And I and I, you know, you if you work 50 hours a week, and you say you don't have enough time to work on the rest of your business. I mean, the truth of the matter is, I mean, what else are you doing, man? You going to the strip club or you, 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 you're throwing too many dollars out there? I mean, nine to five is 40 hours a week. So, I mean, it's five extra days in a week. So you're working what? Nine to seven. What are you doing from seven to nine? You know what I'm saying? I mean, what? what it's true. That's what, 12, 14. Was that 14 hours? What, what are you doing? You got 14 hours, 14 man. 14 And you're probably hours. like, man, you know, I got to sleep, man. I'm tired, man. I got I got to get my my beauty sleep in. You know, I got to get my eyebrows done. Well, let me tell you something, man. You don't have time to get your, you don't not have time to make time. 
Does it make sense? Like you don't you don't not have time to actually do what you need to do. Like you only you really can't afford to do nothing else but work go. those rest of them fourteen hours. So you have the time. It's just that whatever else you're doing, you're prioritizing that over doing other things. You're going to the strip club too much, man. You, you need to stop. The big booty's going. They're going to be there when or you get back. Or playing Xbox. Okay? I mean, there's you're something that Xbox you're doing. Too long. You're going out to the bar. You're having too many drinks with your boys. You know they. You know they. You need. You need to cut them out anyway. They're not good for you. So, what I encourage you to learn how to do is use your time more wisely. Yep. And I think we need to put a course on Legend Fest. That's actually. I think I might do that course because I'm very good on time management, mm-hmm. and uh, I need to teach you, sir, how to manage your time because you ain't doing something right if you're only working 50 hours. I mean, let me tell you. You know, as an entrepreneur, how many hours do you think? So, you know, how many hours do you think that you work? Like, especially when we, were, when we were growing the first business. Oh, my God. We were working like 14, 15, 16 hours a day. A day. A day. On the same business. On the weekend. When Including I was in college. The seven days a week. And you, even when you were working your nine to five. Yeah. And because was he was afterwards. a year ahead of me, I was still in college when, and I was graduating, but he was in um, uh, working in corporate America. But. Dude, like, I mean, there were times where even in our business, we literally worked 24 hours yeah. on our feet. Yeah. And so, you know, the thing mm-hmm. is, you you have to be willing to make those sacrifices because it's not like you magically get more time. Time does not change. The only thing that can change is you. So you have to find something, either whether you get a different kind of job that gives you more flexibility, but quite frankly, your job's not the problem. Because you're not even at your job as much as you are at home mm. or, or or doing something else. Mm. So it's really you. There's something that you're doing that's just eating your time. But if you and what I, you know, and we're, you're right, we need to get a class on this on time management. But, you know, you need to think about right down from from 12 a.m. midnight to 11.59 p.m. that day. What are you doing every hour, every quarter of an hour, every half hour? Like what? What are you doing? What time do you wake up? What time do you brush your teeth? What time do you leave the house? What time do you get back home? You know, and figure out where I need to block off. Even if it's just three hours a day, you can make a lot of progress with even yeah, just three hours a, a day. I have learned when I time block specific, you don't have to work 20 hours a day. Mm-hmm. You can actually be more productive in smaller increments because if you work too long, sometimes you, you're not as efficient. You lose productivity and you end up doing tasks that may or may not be related to your business growth. So if you can even just find three hours a day and just crush it for three hours, Mm -hmm. you're still going to have energy and you can still have that free time so that maybe you can play a little bit of Xbox before you go to sleep or whatever. Because I do encourage people to still have a little bit of me time. But at first, when you're just getting started, you're grinding. There ain't none of that. I mean, I didn't have no Facebook. I turned my Facebook off. I wasn't doing anything. I mean, people couldn't even find me. I was off the face of the freaking earth because we were growing our business. We were that focused. We were that serious. And I'm 29 right now, and I'd rather work hard now than have to work hard at 49 and 59. Mm-hmm. I'm, right. uh, You know, yeah. that Xbox always going to be there. That strip club always going to be there. Yeah. So, you know, sure. work hard now. And then you could play hard later. I don't advocate the strip club, but what? But the point is, you don't like the strip club. The point is, I just don't advocate it. Oh, you know. Okay. But the point is, I'm just you know using the analogy and using the words that you use. But look, that stuff's gonna be there. But the question is, where are you where are you gonna be 20 years from now? Got it. So there you go, there you sir. Go, Paul. Um, so the next one we have here is I've grown my business to fifty thousand, uh, but feel that I've reached the max. How do I get beyond the ceiling? 
from Christina. Mm. So, um, you know, I, I personally think, I mean, depends on what it is. I mean, you know, there could be a business out there where 50K, I mean, this is that you got 100 percent of the mm. whole market. You know what I'm saying? So it really depends on what it is. You know, what I would what I would encourage you to do is if somebody else is making more money than that and like drastically, then you you're doing something wrong. If you're the only person in this and it's some type of something that is you're the only player, I mean, you may be at the max. And that's why I always encourage you know, once you, you, you start a business and you train a pony and it's winning some races and it's a thoroughbred and, and you're, you know, you're winning races is to go ahead and start something else. Right. Because you want multiple streams of income. Right. That, that's about being a legend, mm. um, you know, and investing in yourself is making sure you have multiple streams. Um, so you need to first you need to find that out. Um, if there's people or other businesses that are making a lot more than you are, you need to find out what they're doing differently than what you're doing. And what you're not doing is probably the, the the true reason why you're not successful. So I find out a lot of times that business owners are the reason why their businesses mm-hmm. are not successful. Not mm-hmm. necessarily their business, but the owners, mm-hmm. because they're not willing to do something like, um, you know, like go get sales. Right. Like actually get out in the streets and start hitting things and ground and pound, you know, getting the ground game on and putting their ear to the streets and being out there and fighting and pushing and putting in that sweat equity and, and shaking hands, you know, and kissing babies, right? That's what mm-hmm. it takes, um, you know, to be successful in a lot of businesses. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people just aren't willing to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's why you have so many smart people out here in the world. You have all these software engineers who can come up with these like amazing app ideas, right? And then they fail because they're not putting in the back end effort that it takes. They think they can just do everything sitting on, sitting in a chair behind a desk. And a lot of businesses, hmm. they don't grow. You need sales. You're absolutely right. I need to get something to rhyme. Sales, or you're going to fail. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, you need sales if you're not going to fail. Sale or fail. Right? So it's just, it just is what it is. <laughs> so, you know, I encourage you to, to look at that. I You know, if you want also anyone, you can send me uh, your balance. You can, you can send me your balance sheet. Um, you know, I would love like a T12 of your business. Um, you can tell me, you know, just a little bit about your, you know, your business, um, you know, and I, and I would just love to kind of understand your expenses, your financial statements. Uh, you can send that to me at jamisongavin.com. Again, that's jamisongavin.com, J-M-I-S-O-N, Gavin, G-A-V-I-N.com. I would love to go over some of those for you. Um, you can send me any, any business that you're doing. I'll review it for you and tell you kind of, hey, man, I think you're spending too much on this. I think you need to spend more, spend a little bit more money on this or et cetera, et cetera. So what do you think, Courtney? Yeah, that was great. And by the way, T12 means trailing 12 months. So basically your expenses from the past 12 months. Um, so, yeah, that was great. You're absolutely. You hit it on the head. Um, definitely study your competition. And that's something that we did very, very early on in our business. We looked at everything. We looked at what they were good at. But we also looked at what are they lacking? Because every giant has a weakness. Every Goliath has a weakness and you have to find it. And if you can crush it and crush it where they're weak at, you can surpass them. But another piece of advice, well, first of all, congratulations on earning $50,000. There's a lot of people who start businesses and never get there. So, you know, $50,000 in revenue, that's great. Um, So what that tells me is you've earned some revenue. You have some customers. Ask your customers. 
go to them and find out, and depending on what your business is, I'm not sure if this is a recurring type of service or product or if it's a one-time buy, but ask them, hey, you know, I'm looking to grow my business. Thank you so much for being um, a customer and buying my product or service. I would love to get your feedback. Get a survey, get, give them a call or, or, or send them an email and say, hey, you know, we're looking to grow. We, we love listening to our customers. What is something that you love about my product why did you buy mm-hmm. my product and not the other company's product? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, tell me a little bit more. And you'd be surprised. And now, of course, not everybody does surveys and things like that. But even if you can get a small handful, that'll tell you a lot about how your product is doing. They may say, actually, I love your product. But then you want to find out, but well, why are they not buying again? And then find out, well, hey, is there anybody else that you know that could use this product? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's about asking the questions. And the power of word of mouth is something you cannot underestimate in any business. Word of mouth spreads like wildfire, whether that's good or bad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, no matter how good your SEO is and things like that, sure, you can be found on the Internet. And that's obviously a powerful thing, too. But boy, word of mouth can can take you very, very far, very quickly. So ask your customers, ask for the referrals. You know, sometimes those are easy wins. Um, and then um, to Jameson's point, sometimes we get stagnant because we've been doing the same thing and we don't change. So, you know, the market changes and technology changes and businesses change, you know, so you need to find out what can I do differently? And so maybe that means maybe I need to go network. Maybe I need to, you know, join like a business club, like, you know, something that's really low cost and meet up with them once or twice a month. Network, get to know your fellow business owners and find out what's going on in the marketplace. If you can meet your competitors, they might be at those meetings. They might be sponsoring. The, you know, I'd be like, you want to find out what they're doing. I mean, study them because they know something that you don't. But, you know, again, kudos to what you've been doing. You can get there, but you really need to study. And you also have to be willing to do something different and ask your customers. Yep. Well said. Well said. So keep going, Christina. Keep pushing and you will uh, you will definitely achieve your goals. Just don't give up. So um, the next one we have is. I'm really afraid of sales, but realize I have to do it, but I don't know what to say. What do I say? Mm. So from Yvonne. So what do you think, uh, Courtney? Like, I guess, you know, this person sounds like they have the fear of of, uh, of pitching, of selling. So, I mean, what do you think about this? And I, I'm, I'm guessing that she's probably the business owner. So um, mm-hmm. so what do, you, what do you think about that? Well, I think that's a brilliant question, and I think that's a question, especially when we're starting out, that all of us have. I can remember, my goodness, like my first time going door knocking, oh man, like I trembled in fear and shaking on the inside because I didn't know what to say, I didn't want to look like an idiot, I didn't want to feel like a used car salesman, my pitch definitely needed some work. But what I've learned, and and I will say this, once you get started, you do get better with time. It's just like when you're an athlete, when you first get out there on the pitch, you're not the greatest. But if you work on it, work on your craft and practice, you will get better. But what I highly recommend is, and what I see a lot of people do, and and, and I don't think that um, this is a good idea, but what I recommend is don't go in, and they call it vomiting on mm-hmm. the person, it's called, what is it called? Oh, word vomit. Word vomit. When you come in, you know, yeah. let's say you're picking up the phone and say, hey, how you doing? I'm with XYZ Soto Company and I'm here to sell. And like you pick up the phone and like they are just going ham mm-hmm. on the phone. And I'm like, 
I barely had a chance to say hello, and this person just vomited over the phone like, like with Chick-fil-A. word vomit. Like, you know, when you order Chick-fil-A. something at Chick-fil-A, and they, they have your order, and you pull up to the window, and they're like, so you got a, I got a number one with pickle, no cheese, and I got number three. <laughs> kind of like an auctioneer yeah, or something. And they speak so fast. I <laughs> love that like, at Chick-fil-A because it is quick. But I'm like, they're like is that what you ordered? And I'm like, yeah. And, and, and so, one, you, you don't want to say too much. Mm-hmm. Honestly... Here's here here's what it is. It needs to be short, sweet, and genuine Absolutely. and sincere. So what I do is I say hello. You know, my name is Courtney Gavin. I'm with so and so. You know, sometimes I'll just say, How are you today? And usually say, Oh, they're good. You know, I'm doing fine. You know, how can I help you? He said, Absolutely. He said, actually, I hope you can help me. I'm looking for now it depends if I know this person's name or not, but I'll say, um, you know, hey, I'm looking for so and so. Is he or she available? And then they'll say, well, what is it in regarding or something like that? So you really have to understand the mind of the gatekeeper. And the gatekeeper is somebody who does not want to pretty much they're standing at the front of the door, essentially, and they don't want to let you in. And so they're trying to figure you out. But you want to be friendly. You want to be kind. You want to be nice to those people because they're the ones who let people in and and not let people in. So if you can be kind to those people be sincere, they'll be more warm and uh, a little bit more friendly back to you, typically. So once I kind of let them know, and, and at that point, then I'll say a short snippet of what I do. So absolutely, this, you know, this is what I do. I help XYZ type of companies get to ABC result. And the reason why I'm calling so-and-so is because this property or this company or whatever has XYZ. You kind of have to find whatever it is that that your business does. You have to find whatever problem you solve or the value you bring. Make sure you mention that, but keep it short and simple and keep it in layman's terms. Don't use fancy dancy industry terms unless it's going to be something they know what it is. Because if you're calling just a regular person to sell like SEO, they may not know what all that stuff is and you're going to scare them off and they're going to think that you're just some crazy telemarketer. Be human, be normal, be genuine and sincere and keep it short. So sometimes, and then I'll let Jameson go next, but I won't be too long. Sometimes when I make my phone call, I don't go in thinking I'm going to get the sale. I know I will get the sale eventually, but I'm really here to build a relationship. So sometimes I just say, hey, I'm just calling to introduce myself because now that person's guard goes way down like, oh, okay, this person is just calling just to introduce themselves. They're not here to sell me a product or whatever. But what you don't realize is when you're introducing yourself, you're always selling yourself. And they will be thinking in the back of their mind, well, what is it that they do? You're going to get to that part eventually. So just be sincere, add value, show them the problem that you solve. You may not get the customer on the first call. That's when you follow up with them next week or in three or five more days. But if you call and say, hey, this is what I do. I live in the area. Find something that you have in common with them, you know, whether they are a mom like you or whether you live in that neighborhood. I just stopped by. I said, wow, this is a beautiful property. You know, find something that you can compliment them on. Add value, show them the problem you solve, and honestly, that will take you far. It doesn't have to be a fancy-dancy pitch. You just have to be genuine. Don't sound too salesy, and don't 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 force things to happen because people are going to sense that, and they call that commission breath. They can smell that a mile away when you're just here to make the sale. Be genuine and just be you and be personable. Got it. That sounds great. 
Um, I pretty much agree with all of that. Um, <laughs> I, I think that for me, it depends on what type of business it is. And, and again, guys, I have multiple businesses, so I approach those different businesses based off of what type of customer that it is. So I think Courtney, she's referring more to B2B. Um, I think when you're dealing a lot with B2C, I think it's a little bit different. So there's certain type of businesses where you actually want to close that deal when you actually have the moment in the, the rare moment of getting a hold of them, which can be things that are like more of like telemarketing or if you're, you know, like even selling cars. Um, at times, you want to actually close that customer right then. A lot of B2B is way more relationship-based, where the relationship's going to be over a longer span of time. Um, and so it's going to require you to build a relationship before they're willing to, you know, use the company's funds to make that purchase. And it's kind of strange because a lot of times you would think that if it was their personal money, they would be more um, you know, strict about spending that money. But in fact, it's the opposite way. So when they have a job and they're using, you know, Big Sam or Uncle Sam's dollars or big whoever, Big Billy, big Billy Bob's dollars, you know, they know that they're going to be a lot more accountable for that. So there are a lot of times they're going to need that relationship with you. They're going to need to understand that what's your product is or service is going to actually work for them. And then they're going to use it. But a lot of times when you go in B2C, you just need to uh, close that deal as quickly as possible and uh, and ask for the business. So, you know, you said you're afraid of sales, but you realize you have to do it, but you don't know what to say. Uh, if it's B2C, I think that you need to come in from a value uh, initially. So very, very quickly and work on the relationship kind of in the back end towards the closing of the pitch. I think when you're doing B2B, I think you need to work on relationship first and then closing the deal on the back end so it's kind of reverse mm-hmm. uh, because when i find b2b i get those deals b2b when i have the relationship with them and then i easily close the deal later when i'm doing sure. b2c i actually start focusing on closing the deal first right qualifying this person is this person even got the money because if they don't got the money i don't even want to deal with it b2b they probably had the money b2c some a lot of people don't even have the money to, to do it and then i focus on building that relationship with them well if you choose to buy this vehicle for me, you can stop by anytime. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be available. You know, here's my personal cell phone number. So towards the end of that, I'm easing them to go ahead and push them through the process. Um, and then the last part of that is you're going to want to develop a pitch that you memorize. Right? I have my pitch. Mm-hmm. Courtney shared a bit, a bit of her pitch. I'm not sharing my pitch because it's my pitch, and you're gonna. I'm gonna charge you for that. Mm-hmm. But I, they don't know exactly what it is. I mean. But that's just something as a newbie that's something they can just kind of take and run with it. Got you, got you, got you. And so for me, um, I try to ask and I encourage you to ask non uh, or to ask open-ended questions. So you want to ask them questions that don't respond with no, right? That don't respond with yes. Like you want to ask open-ended questions that actually lead them to asking you a question, Right. So it's kind of like reverse psychology, but it prolongs the conversation. And the longer that conversation goes, you know, sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. But when it's in terms of sales, the longer I can keep somebody on the phone. Right. The more likely that they're being convinced and working out in their mind. OK, is this going to work? Is this not going to work, et cetera? So I encourage you to focus on having them those questions and in that pitch be open-ended so it encourages them to actually have a response instead of no leave me alone i don't i'm not interested no 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 nobody you know you don't want to be like you know like jehovah witnesses knocking at your door right you you nobody wants a jehovah witnesses knocking at the door 
right? But if they learn a different pitch, everybody would want them knocking at the door, right? It's, so it's 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 just a different approach. Um, so thank you everyone for the Q and A's. We encourage you to so you can hit me up, uh, Jameson F Gavin uh, on Instagram. Um, and then you can also hit me up at jamisongavin.com and then Courtney. Courtney Gavin 23. Where is that at? Is that on, is that on uh, Black Instagram. People? Where is that at? <laughs> you know, I thought you were going to say Black Planet. Oh, yeah. You remember Black Planet? I do. My Black Planet. Boy, was that was fire. in before MySpace. Was it? Yeah. It actually, it was right around that time. It was like, mm-hmm. I was in high school. Like, Geosites. Hit, hit, hit Courtney Gavin 23 on Geosites. What the heck is Geosites? Remember that? At uh, AOL.com. No, no. My IG for now <laughs> is Courtney Gavin 23. I'm for trying now. to get my name, man. Somebody's, Who's got your name? Somebody got my name, and they have like five followers. Or five, yeah. Paid them five bucks. Why, did you DM them? No. Hit Should them in I? the DM. Why not? Because I, I thought, well, hey, they're probably not going to see it. They're whoever's not even got, Look, so now you're going to put this on the podcast, and then somebody else is going to, they're going to like, hey, no, I get it for No, that's not part bucks. of their terms and, and, and they're gonna, they're terms gonna, and conditions. They're going to 10 bucks, and then they're going to charge you like 10000 somebody on the podcast. See, that's business. <laughs> All right, folks, thank you. Make sure you like and subscribe when you share this podcast. Legend Vest, we appreciate it. If you have any questions, DM us. Yeah, nothing crazy, though. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks.